God's still faithful. Even when Greg's having a bad day, God's not. tonight. I'm not going to talk very long about the power in our words. The power in our words. We all know we live in a society where communication is, is at an all-time high to where the technology is so great that we can communicate with people all around the world. I mean, I remember we went to London two years ago and uh, we would call home and we'd forget the time change and it'd be like two in the morning or three in the morning or whatever time it was. I don't remember what the time change is. But we had that technology, we just call home or we text or do whatever we wanted to do from across the world. And that's just the way it is. And nowadays, even with cell phones, you got your smartphones, the tablets, the iPads, you've got all these different things. Communication is such a huge deal. Emails, whatever else you want to say. My dad, he had a flip phone. I say he had a flip phone. He wore that flip phone out. I think he had it. I mean, first of all, he had the, the phone in the baggie, you know, the cell phone in the baggie, and then he moved along until he finally got the little bitty flip phone. He finally wore it out. He searched and he searched, and he finally found another flip phone, so he's still carrying another flip phone. Same little thing. Wouldn't move up to a smartphone. Mom finally got a smartphone. Every time we go to the house, we had to fix something else on her smartphone figure out what is wrong with this why is it not working but our technology is awesome there's never been a time in history we've ever spoke to either each other so much I remember when text first came out I thought how how rude is that I don't even want to talk to you I'm just going to send you a couple lines I really did I told her I said I will never text somebody that's like the dumbest thing in the world that is so rude I don't even have time to say hey I can't do that talk to you later bye and now I do it all the time. Matter of fact, I don't even text whole words now. I just abbreviate stuff to people. Just boom, boom, boom. It's a different world. It's a different world. The number of ways it grows on us on a daily basis is how we can talk to people. It used to be the rotary phone. How many remembers the rotary phone? I seen one, one day, it had been months ago, that on Facebook, they put a rotary phone in front of a couple of boys. And they said, they give them a telephone number, say, call this number. They had no idea how to work that thing. There's like, uh, and they just sat there and watched them with the camera. They just kept fiddling with it. Never could call anybody. They didn't know how to use them. Thought that was hilarious. But we see the flip phone sales. I mean, they're just, they're outdated. Yesterday, I was sitting at mom and dad's dining room table, and Ferris always wants to call somebody and talk with someone. Believe it or not, with cerebral palsy, she still gets lonely. She wants to visit with people, but it's every day she wants to call somebody else. It's not good enough that I'm there, or Shelly, or mom or dad. It's, she's got to call brother or sister that's not there, friends or family. So we're sitting there, and she has her little tablet set up, and mom put in all of our family and stuff to where Ferris has learned how to push the button to FaceTime everybody on Messenger. And so she, she's calling people all the time. She does that to Amy. She's a school teacher in Ohio. She'll call her right in the middle of class, you know, trying to FaceTime her. I was sitting one chair over from Ferris, and she was upset she couldn't call somebody. So 
I FaceTimed Messenger right there sitting at the table. And as soon as I did, it aggravated her, but then it got her tickled. She started laughing. She's like, because I'm like two doors. Like, hey, Ferris, how are you doing? I got the camera right on her and talking to her. And, and uh, so next thing you know, I was looking at my phone. I was like, hey, I can add people. I've never did that FaceTime talking where you could add people to it. And so I added Peyton to it. Peyton was across the table from me. So now we had three people on our devices all talking to each other right there. And so then I, I hit Kim up. I knew she was babysitting. I was like, oh, we're going to hit Kim up. And then we hit uh, Lauren and Mariah, my, my nieces. That we, I was trying to see how many we could get on there. We had, they said you can do 10. But technology is crazy now. With these little cell phones, we're sitting there. Of course, we're just using them as toys most of the time. But that's what we're sitting there doing. We're playing all day yesterday. We had a good time with it. Played with it. But our words, there's power in our words. We're communicating all the time with people. I guess what was really speaking to my heart today is what are we communicating? Me and Aki was talking in the office today, and I was telling him, I said, you know, all day long, I said, we know we have jobs, we have things we've got to do, we've got whatever we're doing in our life. But I said, we've got to be meditating on God all the time. I said, we've got to be thinking about these things. I said, because if we're doing it under the Lord and thinking about God all the time, things that come out of our mouth will be the correct things. So many times the things come out of your mouth, it's just you. This rebellious Drew. They don't want to talk to you right now. And words come out of my mouth that shouldn't come out. Like, no, not right now. Later. I don't want to talk to you right now. Hang on. Unfortunately, your family usually gets the the worst of you. But our words, what are we saying? People have a hard enough time chewing gum, walking, let alone driving and talking on the phone, texting. It's terrible. Everybody thinks using a cell phone is covered under the First Amendment. (laughs) It's our freedom to speak, man. We're going to speak. I got a cell phone. There was a study conducted at a university with each student wearing something to record them throughout the day for 10 days. And it concluded the average person, male or female, didn't matter, speaks 16,000 words per day. I have a hard time believing I speak more than Shelly does in a day. I do. But they said male and female, it didn't matter. 16,000 words was the average. So much communication, so many words, so many people not realizing the power that they have in their words. Transmitting across the globe at any given time, but God has always known the power of words. Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And verse 3 says, And God said, Let there be light. My dad used to preach a sermon all the time. said, We need God to say, Let. We need God to say, Let, in our lives, in our church, in our work, in our situation. We need to let God say, Let. But God said, Let there be light. And there was light. We know the power in God's words. All throughout, throughout creation, we know how God spoke the world into existence. Ever since the beginning of time, we see how words 
see how these words had power in them? And Jesus gave us a great example of how much power is in our words. And I, I brought this and I, I typed it in today from the God's Word translation. It's Mark 11 and verse 12. It says, The next day, when they left Bethany, Jesus became hungry. In the distance, he saw a fig tree with leaves. He went to see if he could find any figs on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves because it wasn't the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, no one will ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples all heard this. We'll jump down to verse uh, 19, Mark 11 and 19. It says, and when the evening was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, look, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. The power of Jesus' word. The power of Jesus. Then Jesus began to preach. I love this part. And Jesus answered him and said unto him, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. And then he really began to preach. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. Thou shalt not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, whatever things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when you stand to pray, forgive if you have not. God, again, here we go. And when you stand to pray... Forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. That was the sermon. But the story there, the fig tree, it's not even in season. You look at that and like, that, that's not even fair, God. <laughs> wasn't even time for that fig tree to give give the, the fruit you know what's going on there and I'll be honest with it I don't even know what a fig is all I know is fig newtons I hate fig newtons it's like black licorice They're, I just, I'm sorry I'm, I'm giving all my 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 ex things things I won't eat over there fig newtons but I'm thinking to myself I'm reading this passion like God that's not fair to that tree and, and it may not be, but it's a faith lesson. It's a lesson that he's teaching his disciples. They've seen him curse that tree. They tell him, you're not giving up any more fruit. They're probably walking by like, why is he talking to a tree? Okay, let's keep going. And the next day they walk by and Peter remembers it. Jesus, you talked to that tree. Look, it's, it's withered. Duh. Where you been, Peter? What have you seen, Peter? You heard him say it. It's the power of his words, Peter. Jesus was preaching that. I mean, I love that. The first thing I want us to notice is that the withered fig tree, it was a miracle. We want to see miracles of healing. We want to see miracles of life. We want to see miracles of abundance. We want to see all these. If I can speak something and it die, is that not still a miracle? It is. It's not the kind of miracle I want. But it was still a miracle. Here's the other thing I want us to notice. It was out in the middle of nowhere. 
I studied this, looked at commentary, I looked at different translation and everything. Some of them said it was on the side of the road. Some of them said it was here and there. The real story here, it was nowhere. This fig tree is out in the middle of nowhere. All right? And what I get from this, it doesn't matter to God where. He can do a miracle wherever he wants. All we have to have him do is speak a word. I'm thinking to myself, we're in little bitty Arkansas. We're in little bitty Greenbrier. We're in little bitty TFT. God, you can do whatever you want, wherever you want, whenever you want. We're in the middle of nowhere. You're performing miracles. Not the kind of miracle I want to see. This poor tree wasn't even in season. It's probably thinking, God, I, I didn't do anything wrong. I was growing. I had leaves. There. I'm, I'm about to give something up. It was an object lesson. Well, Brother Drew, miracles only happen for John Hagee. They only happen in Jimmy Swaggart's camp meeting, Thanksgiving camp meeting. They only happen at Benny Hinn Crusades. I had friends in the height of Benny Hinn would drive all over the country to see a miracle of Benny Hinn. Whether you like him or don't like him, I'm, I'm not for or against him. I'm saying I think a lot of people got healed because their faith was just rising because they thought, oh, man, God really had something there. And that's what really should teach us another lesson in faith. When our faith will rise, the miracles will be there. Faith in God is what we need. Yeah, but we don't see little, we don't see miracles here at Little Old Greenbrier and TFT. You know what? Probably at North Little Rock Assembly, that that church is big. God, God likes working in big churches, so I'm sure that miracles are there all the time. Right? It didn't matter. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Here's the other thing. Who's seen the miracle? He's telling a fig tree, you're not going to produce fruit anymore. You're going to wither up and die. He's telling it for the purpose of these disciples, for the lesson. It's out in the middle of nowhere. I'm just amazed. The more and more I study about it, I'm just amazed about it. It's not the type of miracle I want, but nevertheless, it was a principle about faith. God was showing us something about faith. He was showing his disciples something about faith. Jesus was spelling it out for us. If you have a need in your life, no matter what it is, great or small, even if it seems like a mountain to you, because then he went on to preach to Peter and the rest of the disciples, even if it seems like a mountain, it doesn't matter when or where it happens, speak to your situation. Speak to your situation. Well, somebody's going to think I'm crazy. Brother Angel, I drive that little old truck. It's beat up. The shocks have got me sitting like this. You know what? If I could just get that thing to hop up and down, I'd be all right. I'd be really cool. Just get, go driving down. But sometimes I'm at a stoplight, and I'm sitting there just crying, crying, crying. I'm like, God, I don't even want to look over at these people. They're looking over at me like, what is wrong with that guy? I'm speaking the word. I'm speaking the word. Speaking the word. Speaking to my situation. Speaking to my circumstances. There's power in the tongue. There's power in the tongue. I'm trying to be biblical. And I look like a fool driving down the road, stopping the stop sign. Grown man, graying his beard, and sitting there bawling and crying. People looking at me. That dude's crazy. Let's get in the other lane. Have faith in God. Believe he will take care of it. Jesus, I would love to hear the tone he was saying these things to the disciples. Have faith in God. This is the way I'd be saying 
Peter, have faith in God. What's wrong with you? Have faith in God. Did you not hear me? I know you heard me speak. I spoke it so you could hear me. Have faith in God. I spoke it. The fig fig tree took the the punishment, but hey, I spoke it because I wanted to show you something. He'll take care of it. And you know what? When we put things in God's hand and we speak his word, you know what we're really doing? We're letting go of something. We're letting go of something. We're letting go of me, my pride, and the way I want to do it. I'm putting it in God's hands. You know what? God, this is your way. This is your solution. I'm speaking the word in my situation because when I can turn loose of it and speak your word, things are going to change. Things are going to change. Everything's not going to wither up. But maybe some things in your life need to wither up. Most of the time, I believe that's the hardest part of just letting go and believing God. We can speak his word and leave it alone because we always want to fix it. I like watching Home Improvement. Tim, the tool man, Taylor, is still on reruns. I like watching it. He tries to fix everything. He blows everything up. He, he can't do it right. But I love it. He always thinks he can. And that's the mentality it seems like we always have. You know what? Well, let's do this. Let's do that. And I believe we need to do things. I don't think we ought to just sit back and say, well, God, I don't have a job, so I'm just going to pray that you send money in. Send me a pooch carrying some money tied around his neck, and and I'll I'll pick the money up. I'll know it's you. No. I just like the Lazarus story. I believe he wants us to do some things. Tells him to roll away the stone. He brought life to Lazarus, but they had to roll away the stone. Then Lazarus comes out walking like a mummy. He could have had him dressed you know in a suit and tie he could have had him dressed any way he wanted to but he's still tied up like a mummy and then he, jesus says loose him let him go there's some things in our life we need to loose we need to let go by speaking the word getting rid of our pride god it ain't me i can't fix this last night we we celebrated brother kirk's birthday and afterwards we were just fellowshipping and we were talking about peyton and the situation in the hospital and peyton he's the the last one that wants to ever hear about this stuff But you know what? It's a monument moment in his life and in our lives. People would ask us, and I was telling Kirk this again yesterday. People would ask us, how did you come through that? How did you go through what you were going through? And I said, I realized real fast I couldn't do anything. I can't do it. I can't fix it. I can't do anything about this situation. It has to be God. Has to be God. I prayed the prayer, God, not my will, but your will be done. I took that boy, took him to the church, put him on the altar, dedicated him to God. He's God's. If God wanted to take him, he can take him. God, that's not my will, but your will be done in my life. I had to speak the word. It's a good thing when that's all you have. It's a great thing when that's all you can have. It's even a better thing when you have something and then he's your first choice, not your last resort. You know, God could perform any miracle he wanted to without letting us know about it. He could. Any miracle he wants to do, we, we could pray about it. We could ask God for a miracle. Or he could just do something for us. It's a miracle. And he's did them things in the past. But you know what? It takes no faith if God just performs miracles all the time. After a while, there's no need for miracles. Everything's perfect. (laughs) We're tiptoeing through the tulips. I mean, everything's great. 
it wouldn't require any faith. But when we let go of our ideas, our solutions, how am I going to fix this? How can I do this? And we start letting go, start putting our trust in God, and really release our faith. Release our, you know when you're all in on something? I don't gamble. I don't know anything about gambling. But I have seen, um, what was that Kenny Rogers movie, The Gambler, back in the 70s or 80s? I seen that movie one time. And they were all in. They were playing poker, and they, like, shove all their money to the middle of the table. They're all in. If we got to that point where we was all into God, where we were all in with God, we'd start speaking differently. We'd start declaring people were healed when they wasn't. God, that's going to make me look bad. God, that's, that'll make me really look bad because if they don't get healed, then what's that going to do? Well, what's it doing to your faith right now? Because you're not speaking what he said. He said, by his stripes, we are healed. We're already healed. He already paid the price. We're healed. But no, we don't want to speak that, God, because if they don't get healed, then it's going to make us look bad. I don't know if I've ever told this incident, but Sister Wilson, we have Garrett back here. Garrett's dad was in the hospital. He passed out. I'm not sure they ever found out why he passed out. I went to visit him, and in the hospital, and this is no glory to me or, or anything like that, but I went to the hospital, and Gary's niece was there by him. He's in a coma. And I walked in, and I said, can we pray for him? And it was me and Taylor. And she said, yeah. And she stepped to the edge of the door to, you know, and just stood out there. Me and Taylor went and laid our hands on Gary. When you're in the hospital praying for somebody, it's like you're saying, Holy Ghost, calm down. We, we don't want to look too out of place in here. Now We're just praying for these people. I'm sorry. I'm the only one human in here. You don't go into these big elaborate prayers and everything. But I'm telling you what, the Holy Ghost come in that room. We began to pray. I went to speaking in tongues. I was like, God, what are you doing here? I'm speaking in tongues, praying for this man in ICU. I'm supposed to be quiet. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. I walked out of that room. I didn't talk to Taylor a bit. When I got done praying, I actually looked back, and his wife was standing there, kind of in awe, wanting to see what he was doing. I think then she recognized who I was. I'd only met her a couple times. We stepped out into the hall. Gary's brother was there, and we started talking. I said, I don't even know the situation. Tell me what happened. What, what are they saying happened to the... Me and Gary had been close for years and years, and, and I just... Didn't even know what had happened. I just knew he was in a coma, and I went in to pray for him. And she said she went to tell me everything that was going on. And when she got done telling me this, my mouth flew open, and I couldn't shut it. I said, he's fine. He's going to be fine. I was like, what are you saying, Drew? What are you doing? I could hear that voice that I have faith in God. Have faith in God. It wasn't long after that. He was up out of that bed. As far as I know, he's doing fine now. It wasn't the power of Drew. It was the power of God. Have faith in God. We were speaking to that mountain. We were speaking to that circumstance. Later on, I told Taylor, we didn't talk about it. We drove home. We didn't talk about it. Didn't mention a word. And I heard him telling somebody, he goes, 
Me and dad went in and prayed for Gary Moore and said, he's healed. I felt it. I was like, why didn't you tell me? I just thought I was just blabbering out there. I'm afraid I'd get myself way out here and now you're not going to be healed. And you're just, a, you're, you're dummy, Drew. What, what in the world's wrong with you? I know the voice of the Lord when he speaks to me. I know the voice of the Lord when he speaks to me. I'm just like a child sometimes. It takes me a while to mind him. But we got to have faith in God. We got to have faith in God. Somebody's going to have to help me with the time. The other day I preached 50 minutes. I was just like, they were still amening me. You have to stop amening me for me to quit, okay? That says 7 o'clock, is that correct? 8 o'clock? I lost a whole hour already. It's terrible. Only when we let go, release our faith, and allow him to do what he wants to do. We just need him to speak the word. You know what? And until he speaks into our situation, I'm going to keep speaking his word. Keep speaking his word into my situation. Jesus was always using parables and stories to make it easier to understand and remember, to make things more relevant. We all remember Matthew 14, the story where Jesus used two fishes, the five loaves, fed 5,000 men, women, and children. In the Bible, they say there's 5,000 men, not counting women and children. And uh, so I started doing a little math. And if the statistics are like they are today, 2.3 children is what it says that everybody has anymore per household times 5,000. That could bring the grand total up to about 21,500 men, women, and children. He fed with two fish and five loaves. He withered a tree by speaking the word. He said, bring to me what you have. The disciples brings it to him, and he blesses it. He blesses it. I like it when God blesses it. I mean, when you can multiply two fish and feed 21,000 people, I want that kind of blessing. I'm going to put some fish in my pocket, see if he'll bless me. <laughs> Nevertheless, Jesus addressed the mountain that was in their way. He spoke to the mountain that was in their way. He put a hole right through that mountain. It was, it was like a tunnel. It was a super highway after that. There was no mountain there. Matthew 14, verse 16. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give them something to eat. And they said unto him, We only have five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them hither to me. He was speaking in the King James. He commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and two fishes. And looking upon the heavens, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and his disciples to the multitude. I'm thinking to myself, when Jesus is blessing this and he's breaking it apart, well, the disciples are there. They know how many fish is there. They know how many. I would be thinking, okay, he's giving Peterson. He's giving, he ain't going to have any by the time I get up there. Get up. Well, he's got more. He keeps giving it, keeps giving it. It's Jesus when he speaks his word. It's going to be multiplied. There's going to be abundance there. I'm not one of these guys who just think, you know, name it and claim it. You know, we're, we're all going to get this abundance or whatever. I think we don't claim the things that God wants us to claim. And we don't have because we ask not. I believe it's the truth. I don't think we ought to have the poor man's mentality. I'm not rich by any means, but I'm not going to say I'm a poor man. My boys think I'm rich. I drive a Corvette. Costs $4,000. We were at a camp meeting in Missouri one time. 
the name it claimant scene was really hitting it big. Pastor drove up in a big nice Cadillac. His son got out there and was playing baseball or something. He threw a rock through his windshield. One of the other pastors there said, hey, just claim it ain't broke. <laughs> Name it, claim it, it ain't broke. Just go ahead and drive it the way it is. Mm. Yeah, I lost where I was at. Back to the top. Let's go to the last verse, 14 and 20. And they did all eat and were filled, and they took up the fragments that remained, 12 baskets full. Started with two fish, five loaves, and ended up with 12 baskets. I love God's math. I love his math. God is not a God of barely get by. I'm telling you what, I've been to barely get by. I've been there. And you know what? Sometimes it's my own fault, Brother Angel. I just had to have that. I had to have that. Well, God, you've got to help me make this payment. God, you know my needs. You've got to send this... Did God get you into that mess? I'm just saying. I, I, I use this all the time. And God is not a genie in a bottle that you can rub to bail you out or your get-out-of-jail-free card. I'm so tired of that. People, and and don't, ever, don't ever get me wrong. I want people to come in here and get what they need from God. But people come in here seeking a solution to a marital problem or a financial problem or a health problem instead of a soul problem that they need to be seeking God for. God's never been a barely get by God. He's, a, he's an over the top, abundant God, way too much God. No matter how many times you hear that story, the fish and the loaves, our, our mind cannot grasp that. I'm sorry. We hear the story and we think we understand it. Two fish feeding 21,000 people. Two fish ain't going to feed us in this room right now. It's not. We uh, bless God, that's a miracle. You did good, God. There used to be a commercial out where they'd say something. I don't even know what the commercial was about, but then the top of their head would just like blow up. <laughs> Somebody else would sit in their head. <laughs> I swear our head ought to be when we're reading the Bible. Just, <laughs> wow, that is incredible, God. It's so incredible. It's still the relevant example of anything is possible when God's involved, when God's speaking the word. Great things will happen. In our text, Jesus showed us the power our words have in our lives. While head knowledge is good, when it moves from our head to our heart, that's when it becomes real and ever-present in us at all times. I've seen people before that some bad things are going on. I want to gripe and complain about it. And they're speaking the word. I'm like, what is wrong with you? And the truth of it is, what's wrong with me? That ought to be the first thing we ought to be doing. Something goes wrong. God help me. Brother Mike told me a story one time. He said, I was working on a roof. And he said, I had problems. It had been leaking forever. And he said, I went up there and took a look at it and couldn't figure it out. And I said, God, you had to show me this. I have no idea. You've got to speak to my heart and tell me what it is. He said, God spoke to him. He said he started pulling some metal back, started looking at some stuff. He said, and sure enough, that's where the leak was at. When God speaks, he can do the little things. He can fix a leaky roof. We need to speak to him. He needs to speak to our roof. It becomes automatic. We don't have to look for it. You don't need to muster it up. It becomes real and relevant to us if we start depending on his word. The words of his mouth, it's coming out. The, the, the word right here. 
when it gets inside of us, more than just a head knowledge, it's a heart knowledge. It still makes you wonder why so many Christians are speaking so many words with so little benefit. Think about all the things you said today. I had a big time today. Mom and dad asked me if I'd borrow Ferris. And when I have Ferris, I'm going to have a big time. I'm going to aggravate her like nothing in the world's wrong with her. So today I said, Ferris, the church has been looking for a handicapped pastor. I said, would you be interested in the position? Me? I said, yeah. I said, would you be interested in that? I said, we got an office right here. You could do it. And uh, I said, now listen, you'd be, you'd be pastoring Jaden and Leah and Aki and Peyton. And I said, since that's going to be your congregation, I said, uh, they're going to have to vote whether you're the pastor. So my words with her today was not real productive. I just had fun with her all day long. Just aggravating. I said, go in that office, see how it feels to you. She went in there, sat down. Just, it was funny. I, I had a, pulled her leg all day long. Mom and dad just like, I don't want to put a burden on it. She was my entertainment all day. Proverbs 18, verse 21. We're thinking about the words that we speak every day. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I, I know I've told this before. I was driving home from work one day. Been a good boy all day long. Yes, sir. No, sir. Been nice to the customers and this and that. And I, all I could think about, I just want to get home. I want to lay down. I don't want the kids bothering me. I don't want Shelly bothering me. I just this, this, this. And God spoke to me. He said, they deserve the best part of you. They deserve the best part. So in that 10 miles, I had to pump myself up, rejuvenate myself. So when I walked in, I was speaking words of life to my family. I didn't come in, oh, daddy's tired. Get me a soda. Come rub my toes. You know, no. I come in. Hey, what did, what did you guys do today? What are we doing? Hey, you want to go out and play catch? You want to do this? Speaking life into the kids. You think, well, that's not life. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Sometimes I speak death to my kids that don't even realize it. And I see it in their eyes. I see it in their face and realize what I've done. Anybody else guilty? Good. I'm telling on you. God help us. Mark says, if anyone says to this mountain, but anyone is just not anyone. Anyone refers to someone who knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We can speak to that mountain if we have a relationship with him. If we're, if we're living for him. The moment we were saved, we became that anyone. We become that person that can speak to that mountain, speak to our own situations, use God's word, and then expect them and watch it happen. God's word states that this is something we're entitled to. Makes you wonder why more of God's people don't speak his word. Speak his word. I remember going to my Aunt Carol's house up in Manitou, Illinois, and all day long she was talking about the word. She was talking about God. All the time. She was talking about, well, I was praying for this person. I, pray. I was like, wow, don't you ever take a break? Let's talk baseball a little bit. She didn't. I was a teenager growing up. You don't look at me judgmental. I I'm a teenager. I'm going, does she ever talk about anything else? She was constantly speaking God's word. Constantly speaking God's word. 
if someone chooses not to participate, that doesn't mean God's promises don't work. That doesn't mean that his word doesn't work. That doesn't mean put any less value on when he speaks something. It's still God's word. Just because you don't believe it, someone else don't believe it, that don't matter to God. He's always had his doubters. He's always had his accusers. God's word is true. God's word accomplishes what it sets out to do. And God's word will never return void. I put it, I'm going to tell you, I love these scriptures. I, I, I put them in so many sermons, it's really funny. But if I went through the filing cabinet, I would find all these scriptures in here. Isaiah 55 and 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. He's letting me know, he's putting me in, in, in my place. His, he's thinking so much higher than what I could ever think. Again, I'm just saying. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth a bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. God sent me a word, and he did. He sent me a whole bunch of them. I can use every one of these words. I can use these scriptures. And, and that's what I did today. I started thinking about his words. I can do all things through Christ Jesus which strengthens me. I even wrote in here, we need to start quoting the Bible out loud every day and making it personal so the devil hears what God's word is out of my mouth. He knows God's words. I want him to know that I know it. I want him to hear it from my voice and my point of view. So I may even stretch these scriptures where it says, you will have, I'm going to say Drew will have. I'm going to make it personal. I'm confident of this very thing that God, who has begun a good work in me, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God is my refuge and my strength. God is my very present help when I'm in trouble. And, and we know that all things work together for, the good, for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And there's no weapon that's formed against me that shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment shall thou condemn. This is the heritage of of the servant of the Lord. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He made me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear, fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I love that one. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Have faith in God. Have faith in his word. We can speak these words right in Satan's face. Right in Satan's face. There's no weapon for it. You can go to work all you want. Make them weapons. It's not going to prosper against me. It's the word, devil. It's the word. It's the bloodline. You can't cross it. That's why I tell you to have faith. That you have already received whatever you prayed for, and it will be yours. Whenever you pray, forgive anything you have against anyone. Then your Father in heaven will forgive you your sins. But if we do not forgive, neither will our Father which is in heaven forgive our sins. There's stipulations. 
Stipulations on his word. Peyton's favorite word is, I think it's willy-nilly. We can't just go willy-nilly on the word of God. I can just do this, this, this. And live any old way we want. There's stipulations. He's not going to forgive us unless we can forgive our brother. I've taught this in youth a bunch of times, and my brother is not my brother. Or it's a man. She's my brother. She's my brother. She's my brother. He's my brother. He's my brother. He's talking about other human beings. We have to forgive. There it is again, God. I know. I'm saying it again. When you finally, truly realize what all this is talking about, the power of life and death is in the tongue, Jesus speaking and, and the world coming in, into existence, when you start realizing the power of your words and what you're saying every day, Amen. you're going to start realizing, if you, if you really get it down in your heart, get it out of your head, get it into your heart, you're going to start realizing what all is available to us. As a believer, as a Christian, what's available to us? If we've accepted Jesus, his words are life-changing. Guess what? You're the only one who's going to do it for you. I can pray for you every day, and I'll just be honest, I do. I call your name out every day. I call visitors' names out every day. Come to this church. I don't care if you ain't been in the church here in a year. I'm still calling names out that I've seen, that I know. I can call. I can pray. Tell God. God, keep putting somebody in front of them. There's nine gentlemen I pray for every morning. Every morning, faithful. Whatever day this is in June, Monday through Friday, every day I've called these nine names out. They're husbands. That are connected to our church. That need to know the Lord. Nine of them. I've been calling out. God put somebody in front of them. God draw them by your spirit. God show them they need a savior. I may not see them God. But put something in front of them. Let them find a track on the ground. Let them see your scripture on a billboard. Whatever. God keep being present in front of them. Keep staying right in front of their face. But they're the nine that's got to make their own choice. They got to make their own decision. And it's the same way for us. We can live life the way we've done it all of our lives, or we can change some things. We can start speaking life into our own situations, using the Word of God as children of the King. We live, we live way beyond. If my dad was the King, oh my word, I'd walk up and rain would be going up my nose all the time, right? Maybe not. But we're the child of the king right now. And we act like we just come, we're just beaten down all the time. And the devil's just beat us up. Take your rightful place. Speak the word. Speak the word of God into your own situation. If you're ready for your situation to change, then it's time to change what you're saying about your situation. If you want a different harvest in your life, you need to change the seed you're sowing into your life and the ones around you. You don't like the crop you're growing? Stop planting it. That's tough. I say that in love. You guys all know I love you. But it is. 
it, it's a principle. I can't, and pastor used to say this all the time, you can't plant corn and get watermelon to come up. So when something's coming up in your life, stop planting it. You don't like it, stop planting it. There's something in, it's the word of God. You can call me liar all day. You can call yourself liar, anybody else liar. You can't call this a lie. It's a godly principle. You don't like the harvest you're coming up. Stop planting it. It's a tough word. Amen. Good chapter. You see, we could hear about how good God is. Brother Garrett, if you come on up to the piano. We could hear about how good God is, how he wants us to enjoy this life, and, and what he wants for us. And we could hear all about it from here to eternity. But unless we embrace it, unless we accept it, are willing to apply it to our lives, we'll never experience it. It's not a sad message, but it's a sad statement. We can keep doing things the same old way, same mundane way, keep coming in here, and boy, don't get me wrong at all. You're here on Wednesday night, you love Jesus. You're here, and, and I love you, and I appreciate you being there. But we can keep doing the same old thing, the same old way, Expect God to do the, you know, little goose bump here or there. Or we can start expecting, start speaking the word. God, we want something different. I want the supernatural. I want the miraculous. I want the, God, I want the crazy. I, I want things that we've never seen. I want things that we don't even hear about. God, I want everything you have for us. You spoke your word, Lord. I'm speaking it in my life right now, Lord, that these seeds, Lord, that I've sown, cause, cause this bad seed that I've planted to have crop failure. God, curse it. It's a fig tree. Curse it. God, I want the good things growing in my life. I'm speaking life into my situation. There's so much more that God wants to do in our lives and in our church. There are new heights that God wants to bring us to. My question is, where's our passion? Where is our zeal? After a while, are we getting beat down? Getting tired? Speak the word. There's no weapon formed against us that's going to prosper. Hallelujah. You can keep saying it. There's no weapon formed me that's going to prosper. Devil, there's no weapon formed against me that's going to prosper. After a while, you keep saying, Devil, there's no way you're doing anything that's going to prosper against me. Devil, get, I'm going to kick you right in the head. Get over here. There's nothing you can do for them. You, you can't stop this. This is God. I'm God's. He's going to do what he wants to do in me. You can't stop it. Form your weapons. Make a factory. I don't care what you do. It's not going to prosper. It's not going to happen. Speak the word to him. After a while, we get bold. That's where the fighter comes out of me. Let's start punching. Let's, let's hit him right where it hurts. Hit the devil. I can only imagine what things God has in store for us. Are we ready to speak his word and use his power with our own tongue? We can read it. We see where he spoke it. He tells us to do it. He says we're going to do miracles that he did and even greater. When are we going to do it? When are we going to believe this is his word? He's told this to us. Get it from here. I've read it now. Get it down in here. I'm going to speak the crazy. 
I'm going to speak the, the crazy thing. Drew's the crazy preacher. He's the nut. He's going to speak things that are not, and they're invisible. They're not, and they're going to appear. I'm crazy enough to do it, Sister Gail. I believe God can do it, not, not because of me. Not, if it was dependent on me because of what I, I've done and, and, and who I am, we would be in big trouble. I would be in big trouble. But the Jesus Christ in me makes me want to speak and slap the devil all over. Up to this point in our lives, we've been victims of our own demise. Our words have dictated our circumstances. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. Something bad can happen, it's going to happen to me. Curse that fig tree. Don't you say that again. God is willing to take us to greater things in him. The question is, are we willing to go? Are we willing to speak to our mountain? Are we willing to speak life to our circumstances? Would you stand with me tonight?